Yeah. Wait, actually. Bilal. Hey, Bilal Kevin. How you doing? Kevin Rahabi. I'm great, thanks. How are you Wonderful. doing? From one side of the planet to the other. <laughs> yeah. You're in Paris now. I'm in yeah. Los Angeles. But actually, the first episode of the... Uh, go ahead. It's 9 It's nine. It's nine. A, uh, it's 9 p.m. evening. In Paris. So thank you for... Yeah. For the late night but you are up at all hours i don't know sometimes when you sleep almost it's not a very yeah but you and you do go around the world for what you do um you know you're in dubai and paris and all that and you're joining us now for the the first tezcast in two years i did well, five welcome back. <laughs> thank you yeah it seemed about time um i we did five episodes we I did five episodes. Uh, most of those were interviews. And yeah, I, I it's like, okay, I have way too much work to do, like actually like doing projects in Tezos besides media and stuff. So I was just like, okay, I don't have time to. And especially in, in those days, I think I, I took more attention towards editing and curating the podcast because uh, I was more self-conscious then. It doesn't come off that way. It's still like this. You spend a long time on these. Uh, but it's like, all right, I just don't have time for like the mental wherewithal for it, but the time has come. I've been doing, uh, spaces and all that. Many of them you've joined me on, uh, clubhouse and all those things. So, uh, you know, figured let's bring Tezcast back. I think there's a need. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, I myself also wants to, want to create content and, uh, I'm, I will be very soon starting my, um, my own video podcast called community effects. Community effect? Yeah. That's really good. Thanks. That's like great for crypto. And yeah, like it's like a mix covenant. of network effect and, uh, you know, community lead or focus approach. Yeah. yeah. What brought you into Tezos originally? What brought me into Tezos? Oh, <laughs> Adrian Zera brought me into Tezos. Um, so I met Adrian Zera at some point, like uh, four years ago, and and he told me about Tezos. It was just he, before he joined Nomadic Lab, and I was having some scalability issues with Ethereum, and uh, I explored Tezos, and I, it was a kind of a, a nice environment because it's 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 made up of a lot of researchers, and I myself did some research in in statistical physics, so it's an environment that. Uh, that I like people, you know, they're they're kind of serious and um, and um, and very professional and uh, and and they they, they 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 trust each other with their work and and that was the most important thing uh, for for me in, in the community. Yeah, it I think it it does come down to community in the end, um, and 
the way I say it, it, it's that like the on-chain governance, the ability to have like a true, true decentralized governance in within Tezos that that runs the thing, um, not not in lip service, but in, in actuality, like that's what brought me in. And it's everything else technology wise, those things can be iterated. Those things can be uh, corrected, improved, advanced, and, and they have to. I mean, technology advances over time. You could have the best blockchain, you could have the best uh, uh, technology in the world, and, but you have to evolve it over as time goes on because demands change, needs change. Um, new yeah, ideas. evolve it, drive the, the roadmap is very important. Uh, we were just talking just before about the AMA with Archer and he was talking about optimizing rollups. And that those are important topics and and, 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 and very important uh, directions for the whole community to take together um, to improve how the the blockchain we, we share um, can can be improved for all of us at the same time. Exactly. Uh, and you know we've we've had I think in the just recapping the last I think two years is it also well, we don't have time to recap everything. But some of the more interesting things that have come about um, in community-wise, uh, really the participation of the Baker Network in governance, in ideas, and that's been percolating so much. Uh, uh, we have, uh, yeah, yeah, much yeah. more people getting involved. <laughs> I remember at least, uh, yeah, two upgrades where the one where we introduced liquidity baking and and um, and the, the second one, which was it maybe when we introduced uh, Tenderbake as a, the consensus algorithm. Um, it's, it's good. It's created a lot of discussion amongst the, com among the community. Um, it's, those are same, same discussions, even if sometimes we, we don't agree with each other. But um, the most important, important thing is that uh, we show that the governance model uh, went through again and again. And, and, and so uh, even so we don't agree, we, we accept the, the, the outcome um, as a whole. So yeah, that's that's great. That's the most important thing. Uh, what I see from kind of the um, uh, the, the the awakening um, of, of of mainstream people and and and, and corporates, um, they tend to go where the governance is saying, and um, it's it's a real argument for Tezos uh, for on, on on that matter. Yeah, uh, and I spoke at this panel uh, a couple. A few months uh, back in uh, September, I believe it was, yeah, uh, with uh, um, it was at the uh, Vertalo uh, Digital Assets Conference in in Austin, and the focus there was security tokens, um, which is not you know you have experience with that with Equisafe, uh, but you know it's not something that I've particularly you know been a part of. I mean I you know, I do D stuff as you do as well, uh, uh, but there was a panel question that was asked that I participated in, and I thought it was a really good, simple question that uh, distilled it down the advantages of Tezos for for things like this, uh, whatever it is you're, most of us are building these days. Uh, like, what is the best blockchain for digital assets, for issuing digital assets? That It's such a key question because it, it comes so to tokens. For, and, for, yeah. for, for, for each of the use cases, um... You need you need key elements on which you will base your 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 decision. Um, if you want to deal with securities, it depends which types of use case. If you're dealing with institutionals and huge amounts, um, kind of the gas fee are are not um, a requisite. But if you're dealing <coughs> with a retail use case and 
that that implies a lot of participants. Um, obviously, it becomes kind of a, a limit if, if you don't take into consideration the scalability of the blockchain, um, and 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 thus the gas fee because the scalability is kind of correlated to the gas fee. And um, and so Tezos could be a good choice, and that's also why at Dogami we've chosen um, Tezos because the gas fees are, are very low, and it's uh, it opened the door for um, wider mass market um, use cases adoption without having the the you know the, the reluctancy of seeing um, a huge gas fee uh, just uh, sabotaging the the user experience. So. So again, yeah, each time you need to, to define what are the, the key elements on which you need to base your, 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 your decision and kind of which technology um, 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 take the case uh, for, for, for those requirements. Um, but yeah, Tezos is also a blockchain that is audited when you start working in B2B environments with, um, with, with, with corporates, whether it is in the financial industry or not, um, it's kind of important for them to have a foundation that is um, audited. And um, I don't know much of the, I actually for Tezos is the only blockchain I know that is audited by, by that has its foundation audited. Uh, maybe Kevin, you know some some others, but that's kind of very important for, for corporates to, uh, to know how the, the money is spent for all those money laundering uh, requirements, et cetera. Um, another thing in, in, in the financial industry, you know, you also have all those, um, um, how can I say, um, extraterritorial rules, uh, for example, between the US and, 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 um, and some of the country in the Middle East, um, where obviously you, you don't want uh, North Korea uh, to validate a, a financial transaction uh, for, for, for Goldman Sachs. So, so then in terms of architecture, it's important to know what, are, what is the flow um, of your transaction to be certified in the ledger. And the advantage also of Tezos is that you can choose your baker, which validate your transactions, could be yourself, could be someone you know uh, within your, your country, could be a regulated entity. Um, and, and that's mostly different in terms of, um, um, of mechan validation mechanism that you can find on, 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 on all, any other blockchain. Yeah. But I mean, there's also the role of hard forks um, and what the consequence of that, which is, it's something I think for, well, most digital assets that most people have, well, most digital assets that have been issued and most uh, digital assets that have been used by people uh, are have been art NFTs. Uh, and I think it's a good uh, model to start examining other types of digital assets, uh, be they to of the, course, of course, of course. Sure. The, the first use cases in in Web three were more central around uh, financialization of um, of stuff. Um, most things are. Yes, but not everybody is attracted or understand right. or and yeah understand the flows of, of of this world. Whereas on NFTs, it recalls to a more consumer good aspect. A collectible aspect, and everybody has collected something in their life. Um, could be anything. So, 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 I think people understood more the use case, or a wider audience felt connected to 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 those use cases. Right. I mean, Web two, even like it started with, uh, you know, uh, 
like digital content or creative content, well, not started with, but right about there at the beginning. I mean, we saw things like uh, YouTube pop up and um, variants on that on that theme um, in which decentralized content uh, really, it, it, like there's a lot of content that can be created by individuals. Uh, so the, the production is not, uh, there, there's no uh, barrier really there. I mean, uh, because people are always willing to make stuff uh, there, you can find niche audiences that would be interested in those things or mass audiences that are interested in those things. Um, whether it's a small but very loyal YouTube following or a very large one, just like with uh, NFT artists on object, uh, you know, you can find a, you know, your loyal crew, or maybe you're, you're very, um, you know, you're kind of just appealing to everybody. Um, but, uh, like that's, I think that's what really gets the word out. And then people start associating other ideas, just like they associated other ideas of web two, uh, with using that frame of reference, something they knew and were able to consume, um, very easily. <laughs> but, uh, but we saw, I think with, uh, CryptoPunks, which was not a blockchain hard fork, um, and it wasn't even a new contract fork, uh, but it was a reissued version I mean, are you familiar with this? Did you, did you hear what happened with the uh, version one and version two of CryptoPunks? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, Can you remind me? So uh, I hope I get the facts right. This is how I, I've put it together. Uh, so there was a version one contract and back that they had used when CryptoPunks started. But then there was a move towards a second contract, a V2 contract, which was... Uh, uh, I forget why they did that, but they they found it important to do that. Uh, those those behind CryptoPunks and uh, the the CryptoPunks that had been on OpenSea for all this time, the CryptoPunks that got really popular um, and were uh, well appreciated and celebrated throughout the community that all these people own and high profile names own and everything and spent all this money on. That was the V2, uh, and OpenSea had been blocking the V1 contract for uh, CryptoPunks until this other. Uh, marketplace decided to to actually uh, to to use that V1 contract and people were uh, to or to bring that up or to represent both and at that point uh, people I think were pestering OpenSea to start facilitating that it's like how can you block this contract it's used in the in the ecosystem so they had to enable it too uh, which sent uh, uh, it was very problematic for the, that ecosystem to digest two uh, NFTs both representing effectively the same one, but which one is more authentic? And then there was the debate that happened in, and this was a great debate that, that uh, I was that's watching. A, because, that's a big debate. There, there's no good question. There's no good yeah, answer because... It's um, the real one. <laughs> they both are. I don't know. You need to... Uh, yeah. No, 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 they're not. I mean, technically, it's supposed to be the second, but the question is, in, did Larva Labs, the company behind CryptoPunks, um, was transparent enough to so that um, um, people at least can get the chance to understand. So to understand, is it their fault or, or the people's fault who basically um, um, were goats and, and followed kind of a trend on, on the wrong contract? I mean, um, sure. this, for testing matters, it, it, this often happens that we deploy uh, multiple contracts. Um, we try to hide them, but uh, sometimes for the bakers, since they're not, not that much uh, dApps running on on, on, on on Tezos. When there is a new thing that is deployed, they notice it and they can kind of share it in their community and the word spreads. So that's that's the public blockchain um, right. um, 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 uh, uh, aspect and, and defaults. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, with the, uh, I mean, when I mean they, they both are, it's more like there's an argument, there, there had been and there is there are still arguments on both sides. And of course, people are biased towards what they own, uh, if they own a V1 or a V2. Uh, but the V1 is, well, look, this is, if you're talking about provenance, which is the whole essence of all this stuff, well, this is where it began. The V1s are the authentic ones. doesn't matter what you want to say about the V2s. Then the V2 people are like, well, wait a minute, no, what? What made this whole thing popular, what made this big, like the ones that the whole community effectively, con like the collective consciousness agrees are the crypto punks that we all know, love and value. It's the V2. So, I mean, it and it's difficult. And that's the problem with hard forks, because you could with a blockchain, it, it's the same thing. It was the same debate of Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, of the of uh, origin of the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, in which they were both vying to be the main chain um and and this will continue to happen um then cardano itself began as a hard fork of massive hard fork of ethereum um and so and with tezos we don't have hard forks not because there's something necessarily preventing it uh it's the fact that the way in which tezos is governed it renders the need for hard forks unnecessary because we decide things in this uh, uh democratized fashion uh, through this Baker network, uh, through people discussing and participating in this Commonwealth process, it's a true digital Commonwealth. Um, that's what that's what brought me into Tesos because I more more was like the answer to that as a problem. I was identifying those problems. And it's like this is going to be like a powder keg if we don't solve this issue with assets splitting and duplicating effectively every time there's a hard fork. How, how like if it's take security tokens, right? A piece of real estate. You have a plot of land. You tokenize that you tokenize that real estate, right? That plot of land, um, it sells on the markets and then the blockchain is a hard fork. Well, you, you could have a, two NFTs at that point or you would have two NFTs representing that yeah, true. plot of land. How is true, that true, how true, you, how you litigated? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that was one of the reasons, the arguments I was uh, was giving on my first company, Equisite. <laughs> exactly. So, so your background, your Tezos background, um, the first thing you did was Equisafe. Uh, yeah, the first thing I did was Equisafe, um, which is B2B software that uh, <coughs> is used by um, investment funds to, to manage their investors. Mm -hmm. um, we basically use um, Tezos Ledger um, to, to handle accounting of securities of companies. And we have a suite of services that uh, um are built on top of, of of this investor tracking such as you know governance and financial reporting and stuff like that um but yeah that that was like a fintech regulated and i was uh thriving to have more impact in in web3 in the web3 ecosystem and so uh, yeah i started um dogami was uh with 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 three co-founders and um and basically, the idea for me was, yeah, to to show that we could build a, a mass market um, app, which was here a game um, on, yeah, on the blockchain and specifically Tezos, because I was I've been um, a member of the Tezos community for almost four years now. Um, I've participated in, in many many projects. Uh, and another one is uh, called SmartLink, which is this uh, Uniswap-like on on Tezos, so it's a decentralized exchange. Which probably has the most active users um, on on Tezos, and um, yeah, try to act yeah. as a catalyst to foster the the the, the ecosystem as as we know it. 
Right. And uh, yeah, so subsequent to that, I mean, you founded Pirates Labs, uh, which uh, um, umbrellas uh, many of the other activities you do. Uh, yeah. And so and SmartLink is one of those. That's the uh, that's the biggest uh, exchange now. I think it's it's fair to say it's safe to say that it's uh, the has the most for TVL and for users. Um, and I, just the technology, it's it's continually uh you know it's we'll be very soon releasing the the v2 of um of the the decks which um will have um uh yeah stable coin pairs um and so people will be able to provide liquidity on 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 the safest uh DeFi investment uh we yeah. know which is like stable coin pairs right and the and the the dex is vortex so vortex.network yeah. um yeah, and uh, Ben constantly <laughs> CEO of that, uh, and you know I would say because you know I I'm a DeFi founder in the space, you know with USD Tez and all that stuff, um, but yet Ben constantly, I mean that is kind of that, that I would say that is the like an ideal peer to have in the ecosystem. <laughs> I mean I don't know of anyone yeah, who's just really so professional. Um, yeah, and he's just so like he knows he knows how to operate and how to adapt over time. Um, he's able to take data, listen to it, uh, discuss it with the right people, and then take action. It yeah. sounds so simple, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, the I think every ecosystem. I mean, this is a very it's a very competitive uh, space, but uh, a lot is left to be desired on that front. And Ben, I think he he's very it thorough. Well. Yeah, yeah, he's very thorough in his work and uh, and has a good vision uh, um, of of how we can reach out to people. Yeah. And full disclosure, I am a SmartLink advisor, uh, but that's that's really as a response. Like I, I've been asked to advise many things, but I, I almost always turn it down. Uh, but with SmartLink and and Vortex, is okay. Yes, yeah, this is uh, this is right. And because you're there too, of course. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we try to syndicate with the right people to do the right yeah. product, and, and um, yeah, it was it yeah. was fun working with uh, with Ben and and. We're very happy that uh, you joined the adventure, right? Yeah, and uh, and so and Vortex is that is the exchange. It's the AMM. SmartLink is the escrow product. That's the title, or that that's how the nomenclature is going. Um, yeah, you know, sort of right now. Um, so yeah, and so and leading to that, the of course I think a lot of people are listening uh, for Dogami. Dogami has become probably the most successful project in. Uh, asset project in Tezos history. I mean, this is something that, uh, I mean, any way you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, even people, when people ask like, what is it? It's like, we need new terms to describe these things. Uh, because I think some people are like, oh, is it a PFP? No, no, it's not what it is. It's like, oh, so I can't, you can use like no, a, what we've seen, what we've seen with the different Web3 cycles is that uh, the use case kept on complex, complexifying themselves. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not just a PFP, but it's also a PFP. The, the idea is to have your, your profile picture, but it's a 3D profile well, picture, yeah. so it can become your avatar. And cherry on the cake, you can access um, a fun game with, with these avatars and then a whole, a whole new types of perks that we will introduce in the game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the smallest part of it is the idea that you could use it as a profile picture. I mean, we're talking about an application. These are characters in a game. 
and 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 what a game because this this incorporates so many things that I think the gaming industry, the NFT uh, sector, uh, we've all kind of been moving towards in terms of AR, uh, uh, augmented reality, um, and the ability to interface with our world with a virtual world on top of it, uh, and to start at something that's so already so ingrained and domestic, uh, domesticated, uh, uh, for, um, for the general populace dogs, a pet to have and to live in your house and you can walk and can do all the things a dog can do. Uh, but it's a virtual dog and to have a scarce supply of that, uh, breeding, uh, as a function associated with it as well, uh, much more humane breeding because it's virtual and not, uh, you know, all the skeezy practices that we, we, we know in the world today. So helping the world out in that regard. Um, but, uh, and there are big players involved in this. Uh, it's, uh, you have a Ubisoft as a partner, uh, Animoca yeah. Brands, and of an, course. And an investor. Yeah, uh, Draper Gorn Hall. Yeah. yeah, the idea when we built the yeah. project to, to, it was, like I said, to build a mass market uh, product. To build a mass market product, we had to reach out to as many audiences in as many regions of the world as possible. And yeah. so to do that, we have built a an advisory board um, built from investors and, and entrepreneurs uh, from from everywhere in the world, but, but mo most importantly, um, in, in various types of, um, of industries. Um, obviously, first from uh, gaming, we brought in Ubisoft. Uh, they're bringing their expertise. We're exchanging in a lot of uh, best practices, specifically building on Tezos because they've started their their platform Quartz, which is this NFT marketplace for 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 NFTs for their game. Um, and 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 they're collaborating in in, in various other projects to to try to um, to to use their licenses um, um, and and do cross marketing with with other projects. So we exchange a lot of best practices. Um, we've also attracted people from the crypto gaming community, people like Animoca, like Sébastien Borger from the Sandbox, which uh, you know bring bring their their their, their network and and their experience um, within the, this this aspect of the of the space. And finally, we also brought in some traditional VCs and and actors that um, are more familiar with. Uh, you know, growth and internationalizations of of, of, of of an ambitious company. Because yeah, the game is not just a game. Uh, we want to build a strong IP and build a strong IP is, is do is do is do a whole lot of things connected to, to this universe that we describe as the petaverse in the game. Um, and, and and this includes, you know, uh, comic books, um, TV shows, merchandising, and those are kind of stuff we, we want to do to to, to spread the word um, uh, even more, and you mentioned the the, the, the dogs. Yeah, we're, we're, we choose we choose um, 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 dogs because it's 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 well for two reasons. One, business reasons. There is a lot of breeds which allow us to do a lot of drops um, and 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 try to uh, and have a lot of variety in which we can uh, build those. Uh, those 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 avatars for the game right. um but um um but uh but 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 the other reason um is that um it's it's a very sticky community and 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 it was it, it allowed us to also build some um 
pedagogic aspect in the game. And I like to say our game is like a, a play to earn, but it's also a learn to earn because we, we've built it with uh, two dog experts. Um, and so depending on the dogs you will have, your, your, your experience will be different and it will be linked to, to the character of, uh, of your specific breed. And, um, and all the tasks that you will have to do during the game, they are correlated to what you're supposed to do to get a puppy um, uh, an adult. Right. And so how it worked, the distribution of it, uh, well, the initial launch, um, you had, so it was 10 breeds initially? Yeah, we've done 10 breeds in the first okay. drop. And uh, yesterday we've announced the second drop, with, with, which is going to be end of May. And, um, and, and, and we're going to add five new breeds out of it. And for each breed, we are issuing 800 uh, different NFTs that are all unique in their characteristics. So 800. So we had 8,000 before. Yeah. And then 800. So 800 additional. Per breed. Uh, and we're going to do five more breeds end of May. Five more. Okay. So 800, 800 total or 800 per? No, it's 800 per breed. Okay. That was the thing. Uh, so 800 per breed, five new breeds. Um, so 4,200 4, added to the 8,000 you already have. So 12,200. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Doga, Doga. And you have the Doga coin and that's traded on DEXs. I think it's, it has the most TVL of any, uh, non-Tez coin on, on Vortex now. Um, and I think it's between that and USD Tez. So we're. We're kind of getting neck and neck there. I think they support each other. Uh, and you're also on a centralized exchange as well, so people can have the convenience. It's gate.io. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's and that's been that's been doing well. Uh, so you and that you're using it as a currency now. I think you had some merch that people could use their doga tokens to buy. Uh, people yeah. who had doga who had dogami dogs in their wallets, they get airdropped or they have been airdropped uh, doga tokens. Um, you know, so that's that's been a very good rewarding experience that people have been uh, uh, accumulating. I think the the real the real use of that is is yet to come. I mean, we're just at the infancy yeah. of all this stuff. Uh, and there's also Doga Bones or Doga Bones, <laughs> you know, you have a Doga Bones, right? So yeah, uh, you have the, the Doga Bones, and that came out even before uh, Dogami Dogs came out. So that was actually the yeah. first product that was actually launched. Eight thousand of those airdropped. Does and well, eight thousand of the well, and but traded also on on secondary markets and and everything, and they're still yeah, you know, it reached like a fifty tezos all time high, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was airdropped for free. Yeah. So the initial airdrop, who do, who were they airdropped to initially? Because that was before the whitelist was. They were airdropped. Um, well, you had to complete the game, and I think you had like thirty thousand people who completed the game, and only eight thousand people got airdropped to Dogabon. Okay. Yeah. That was a that was the most competitive whitelist, the Dogami whitelist of anything we've had in Tezos. Uh it was the kind of thing where I think people thought I had some special ability to somehow get them. It's like to get them on the whitelist. It's like, no, I had to get my own place on the whitelist just like you. Uh, and so people were constantly asking me for, it's just like, I don't just go to the discord. It's all in the, they have a whitelist channel. Like they yeah. couldn't make it any clearer. 
but yeah, and then now there's the, but now they have a, a second shot at this with the, how do you get on the second whitelist uh, for? Well, we just opened it. So um, there will be just like slice time, a lot of uh, quest and mini games um, that will be opened. And depending on the leaderboard, uh, people will get whitelisted. Um, and yeah, that's it. And maybe if you do another podcast with uh, one of the Dogami people, you they will offer some whitelist spots to oh. to your to your listeners. Yeah, we did a spaces a while back, and you and I, and then we did this is uh, right at the the beginning of the Dogami launch. And then uh, we were saying, hey, maybe we can do a giveaway, a whitelist giveaway here in the uh, in the spaces. But I made sure I like we didn't know how we were going to do it. So it's like <clears throat> if spaces allows us to see the people who are in the, the spaces chat uh, and we could let them maybe vote or do something with the emojis, like we could give something away. And I said, in, uh, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I said, I think we this is up. all contingent. This is, by the way, we're going to play a game here, but this is all contingent on the fact that, or the idea that we could re, we could look at the people who are in the space, and yeah. then, but we weren't really sure if we could. Turns out we couldn't. So <laughs> it's a good thing Not we had that really. disclaimer. Yeah, the, um, the video capture that you sent me was uh, was not handy to uh, to, yeah. to to know who are the winners. Yeah, I tried screenshotting a little bit, uh, but it wasn't. It was such a so many people were in there. It was. Is it going to be fair? Um, but uh, yeah. So, well, I guess that's a good thing that they they're good with our privacy. That if you just attend a Twitter space, that they're not showing you forever that like where you were and what you were doing. It's just for the speakers. But anyway, uh, also the sandbox. Uh, you have a partnership with the sandbox. So yeah. and the sandbox uh, for people who don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a, how do we describe it? It's a metaverse layer. Uh, it's its own, it's its own sort of world. Uh, they have their own components there, their own assets, uh, like land. I think uh, the most amount of owners of any project uh, or any NFT project out there is actually Sandbox's lands and people who own real estate in that. I think they have about 40,000 people. Or different owners yeah. of that, which is far beyond yeah, it's crazy. anything else. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, so this is a massive market. Uh, and if you're looking for what seems to be the early network effects of any of these of real estate on any or, or virtual real estate, that is, um, and and what could be built on top of it, sandbox should definitely be the first thing you're looking at. Um yeah. so and so there's a, a partnership between Dogami and Sandbox. And how will this work? Because sandbox is uh, built on Ethereum, um, and Dogami is on Tezos. So, how would those two things interact? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. To to really understand the um, the answer, I need to to describe kind of all the different layers that uh, need to be taken into consideration. So, obviously, you have first the blockchain, which is the database on which you you, you build applications. Um, then you have kind of the software that is running on this database, which we call smart contracts. And and um, and 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 then you have, for example, if you're, we're talking about an NFT, like in the sandbox or in in Dogami, you have the the, the actual visual file, um, and and its own format um, that is stored on what we call IPFS, which is another database that runs on top of the blockchain layer. And um, when you want to go from one blockchain to the other, uh, obviously you change the blockchain. The smart contract standard, 
um, uh, before you need you can take into consideration the, the file compatibility. And um, um, there are things that are called bridges um, that basically lock an NFT um, in one blockchain and recreate or unlock another NFT in another blockchain. And um, those bridges can be used to solve the blockchain issue as well as the smart contract issue because uh, in one case it's, it's escrowed or in the other the, 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 the file is, is copied and uh, reminted in the other blockchain. So once you've done that, the bridge solves those two first layers. Then um, regarding sandbox, the file format that is compatible in their world, in their visual world or, or their um, uh, social uh, virtual world um, is voxel. So the files, the, the format of the file is .voxel, .vox. Um, whereas in the GAMI, the, the NFTs are made in Unity, and 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 so the the file format output is 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 .glb. So it's a bit technical, but it's like a PNG, but it's it's a metaverse-ready format. Um, and so what we're we're doing to allow for for this inter interoperability is that we're creating um, uh, digital twins um, that will be escrowed within the bridge, so that when people use the bridge, it unlocks. The, the voxelized version of their NFT and allow them to use it in the sandbox game. And, and, and that's how we tackled interoperability. So obviously you have described a very functional approach, but um, in terms of user experience, it, it, it should be quite smooth um, because we're working with uh, another project called uh, Ashi Protocol. So anyone can check it out, Ashi, H-A-S-H-I protocol.com. Um, it's it's a project that uh, are building a new architecture of oracles um, that is based on the Tezos blockchain, but which um, improves the potential of interoperability uh, with with Tezos and other blockchains. And the first use case of interoperability is this bridge, um, which should make a seamless experience uh, for our users to jump from one universe to the others, to the other. That's amazing because I mean. Uh, interoperability, it's something that I think a lot of people maybe who are starting projects or they're entering the NFT world and they don't, they don't know if they necessarily will need it or what they would need it for, but it's something maybe in the back of their mind to think like, well, would this be completely incompatible uh, or, or non-interoperable with this whole other world of NFTs that's going on? Um, and that uh, which to me, it reminds me so much of the 90s with uh, Apple and uh, Windows. And it was like, oh, you can't, it's like you go to the computer store to get your software. And it's like, you see all the software, it's all for Windows by default. And then you would, you'd ask someone, it's like, do you have any Mac software? And then they take you to like this back corner where they had this little, this is before the days of the Apple store. And it's like, yeah, these things don't work on your PC. Until uh, you know, we had OS X came around, and then it didn't really matter anyway. Pretty much everything worked on everything else, most everything. Um, so I think, given the how high profile Dogami is, to be able to say, "Look, you could have your Tezos NFTs for all the advantages you look for for Tezos NFTs. Build it on Tezos, and you could interoperate in this universe that's built on Ethereum, and it's fine for all intents and purposes. Everything you need to do, it's fine. It works." And you know, whether a person chooses to utilize that ultimately or not, it's just the kind of thing of like, well, you know, it's there. There's a way. It can be done. And I think that that opens up a lot 
uh, and it it alleviates the hesitation, um, whether warranted hesitation or not, it alleviates it, uh, which I think will open up the door to so many more participants um, coming into the ecosystem that we'd like to see come in. Not that we're we're, we're shallow in that department. I mean, we yeah, have... yeah, yes, 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 yes. It's also highly correlated with kind of um, um, how how the community works together and uh, and the leadership around it. So it's it's constant work and um, and needs to be constantly focused on on how to do the best thing. And yeah, I have no doubt that at some point. Um, Tezos will become more and more mainstream. Um, I mean, the, the, it is already, but um, there is room for for way more, and um, and yeah, we'll have our moment. Yes, some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. <laughs> American Idol. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'm looking up the uh, the stats on Sandbox again. Yeah, of all the. It's actually 20,464 owners of Sandbox land, uh, which is the most amount of owners, uh, Sands, Parallel, and Townstar, which are two projects that are both less than 0 .00 uh, ETH. So uh, of the ones that are, you know, the, the floor price of uh, Sandbox land is 1.597 ETH. So that's a pretty penny. And there are 20,464 owners. Um, so that, that, that's the most owners, uh, for, for, uh, any project, uh, mm -hmm. under those parameters. Um, and second to that would be mutant date yacht club. So that just gives us some perspective, uh, based on stuff that people know of like how, how wide that world is, how sandbox is, um, even if people aren't, uh, uh immediately familiar with it. Um, so the world that's being entered with Dogami is one that that's, that's very well established. Um, Yeah. So uh, what? here's the thing. So with Dogami and the release schedule and all of that, uh, there's a lot being coming out in terms of creative arts. Um, you mentioned, I think, uh, you mentioned a comic book or a, I mean, we could imagine anything, movies and TV so shows. So the, the, first, the first thing we'll deploy is, is, is merch, merchandising. Um, we're we're going to, we, our hope is that um, each of the accessory drop that we do in collaboration with a brand um we also make them um purchasable in real life through our e-shop um yeah. so for example you get a hoodie from um i don't know uh for example and then um you would be able to buy this dogami carré uh collaboration t-shirt and 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 have your dog wear it but also you so um the idea is both to connect the, the digital and the physical world, but also to have um, a bigger bond between your avatar and you because you kind of own literally the same um, accessories in your respective universe. Yeah, bringing it in into the physical world, um, whereas these things all began digital. Um, but uh, so, and this is the, we are in the alpha class of dogamis that have yeah. been released and the new release that's coming out the 400 uh, or the uh sorry the uh the the five other breeds that are being added in 800 yeah. each uh that's also part of alpha yeah we call them alpha series two alpha um, series two okay yeah so um yeah 
so obviously there is one offer uh, some advantages um, that uh, you can check on our Twitter account Dogen, at Dogani um, to, 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 to learn about them exhaustively. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's still generation alpha, then what does it mean generation alpha? That's the most important to, to, to understand. Uh, mm -hmm. And those ones will be series two. Um, and then the next one, they, they, it will be probably another generations and, and, and probably a first series. Okay. So, I mean, there, there are inherent advantages of being part of series one, having a series one, uh, uh, Dogami in that it's series one. It's the first wave that was ever released. This is the exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And you'll see um, there will be a lot of things that are different in in, in the new drop. So mm -hmm. um, even though they are the same generation, um, they will be very distinguishable um, among them. So there could actually be like utility differences between series one and series two. Um, I would I was I was thinking first of visual differences, but yeah, there will be also um, 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 uh, utility differences. Yeah, and and on the visual differences, this is a common thing that uh, comes up. I think uh, when I speak to the more generalized NFT community on Tezos, uh, which I'd say is the the larger community within Tezos. Because uh, people are like, this is new. I mean, this. I think this is new. This is not just a new thing for um for for the NFT world on Tezos. This is a new thing for NFTs. Uh, we we haven't really seen projects like this where this isn't so much like again like we, we like we touched. It's not it's not a PFP that's so it's so linear and static and and completely misses the point of what this is. Uh, whereas P not not to to like any put down on pfps at all you know i own many many of them i collect many pfps it's not just, so it's, it's not just uh, a game yeah it it it's a it's it there's something living here and it it and it evolves and these things grow and they die uh and they breed these dogs have sex with each other uh you know and you pick up their poop and you, you do all <laughs> your pfp doesn't do that um hmm? first they have to date they have to mate to date, to date, to date. Oh, okay. Wow, yes, dating then mating. You haven't dated in a while. I I don't know. Recognize the name. Look, I don't know where babies come from. Okay, you know, I will. I'll figure it out one day. Uh, but yeah, but so, but this, so this is something very, very new. Uh, but I do see people like they're they're looking at Dogami because they're presented to it. They're presented it uh, where they see a lot of things, which are the charts on object.com. and. So they're looking at it under collections like anything else. So initially, I think the for a lot of people, their way in which they they qualify the asset or they they decide if they want something or not, they're they're gauging it like they would anything else. And since most of those things, if not all of those things, are based on uh, uh, virtually all just the artwork of the PFP, uh, they're they're judging on, on that level as opposed to the whole world of depth uh, of values and traits that they could be that could be brought into. Uh, to, to assess whether this is something they want to get or not. Uh, so, but to me, it's like, look, I think I like the artwork. I think the 3D rendering is great. Uh, you know, I think it's fun. It, it's it's nicer than uh, what nice. I expected. Uh, it, like, this is really cool. I mean, I, I would have been satisfied with uh, something much less. But uh, I think, uh, you know, these are not, 
like hand drawn um like these are these are moving things that that effectively are to have some element of consciousness uh as far as we can think of of this limited ai at this point uh but could we see even the graphic rendering evolve over time uh, as an as an update um or are they fixed to where they are graphically at this point uh forever i mean these things do die ultimately but uh you know technology evolves i mean would would that uh, change over time with it or could it potentially? Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, your point? So, well, I'm asking like, is it something that we could see the artwork uh, uh, gain upgrades over time uh, in as much as anything else? You, you want what to see the new artwork right now? No, no, no. Uh, so. <laughs> But if you can't, if you're not watching, Bilal is uh, uh, writing and, and talking at the same time. Cognitive load, you know, it's different parts of the brain having to do, or the same part of the brain having to do two things. No, so people like the people who want to see maybe more advanced artwork come to it. You know, they want to see the fleas, uh, you know, on the scalps or, or whatever, whatever their idea. For of, that, for that they need to, yeah, they need they need a dog, and they need to basically upload download the app and and play the game with the dog they own and they would unlock um, a lot of new animations uh, new okay. visuals and um and and the petaverse the entry to the petaverse so what we see on object when we're looking at that render of the yeah. of the of the dogami that we want to get it's it's that's not, not optimized because right. it's it's rendered by the user interface of the website got it so you hear that, people who are constantly asking me about the artwork? There's your answer. So that's so that's a good thing. Um, and so and also the collection of the dogs, you know, going into breeding again, uh, you know. And let's all let's all be mature about this. I think people always snicker whenever the the breeding comes up because it's so sensational. It's such a thing. But it's like, well, look, these are things to replicate everything a dog can do, uh, you know. And and we are growing assets they're not just it's not just a random way in which you can create new dogs like there has to be a, a legitimate process here that parallels uh, the analog world well what do dogs do they breed so they date each other they select each other uh, they consent with one another for breeding uh, yeah. and then new dogs are born um, yeah. and so and with that i think there are, there are also a lot of questions uh, with like if you have, say, a lower tier dog, like a bronze, because so there's bronze, people who don't know, there's bronze, uh, uh, silver, gold, and diamond tiers. Uh, so yep. of the bronze tier, there's that's 60% of dogamis. Uh, of the silver tier, it's 30%. Of the gold tier, that's 8%. And of the diamond tier, that's 2%. Um, so there's this sort of a cast uh, uh, like system uh, that's among them. So if you have a bronze and a silver, for example, and they mate. What are the kids? Do they move up, or is it? Uh, um, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. So we are finalizing the breeding mechanism, and we should um, um, release an update, an, up, an update of the white paper with uh, with this part. Um, I don't want to advance too much. We've 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 highly discussed the matter internally whether it should be probabilistic or 
whether they should be a, a mechanic, a mechanic like Zedrun um, with this predefined table, which tells you uh, what you get depending on who you breed. Um, mm -hmm. You'll discover it when we release the uh, the update. Wow. That's keeping us in a lot of suspense. I mean, because that informs uh, people's like this. Is, first of all, if you don't know, this is uh, this has the most volume, some of the highest volume we've seen on object and, and consistently after so much time since it's been released. Uh, so people are trading this stuff left and right. Um, and so I think people are also moving towards these long term strategies of uh, breeding and what that would mean um, and ROI in that regard. Uh, which is also kind of cool because it's like, you know, you want to be able to monetize your your dog, but you don't necessarily want to give it up. You don't want it to be that the only way in which you can monetize things. Uh, so that's something I'm a huge fan of. Uh, and that's something that has always left me wanting more, a lot left desired from the PFP projects because it's like, well, yeah, I can make money off this thing. Sure, there's utility, to this, but it's, you know, it's like, I really like this. I like this one. I don't want to give it up. But a lot of people like it. That's the one I could monetize. So you have to decide between these two things. But it's like, look, my enthusiasm can translate into something that uh, takes action. And that action could be something like breeding. And that breeding could could render returns in a way that, you know, just giving, getting rid of my Yeah, it's not just only about breeding. There is this feature, uh, which is basically NFT lending that is implemented that we call the duck sitting, the duck sitting feature. And basically, you can delegate to some other user your DAG. If you're not playing with it, this other user will play with your DAG, and they will you will share the revenue. There will be a revenue split between between both of you. So it's also a tool for passive income. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to tease on on how much you can right. make. I mean, um, to be honest, nobody knows. Uh, there is yeah. so many parameters. We have some hypotheses and some outputs, but I mean the range is, is is obviously big depending on on the price of the token and then the number of users and and their activity. But um, but yeah, I mean it's different ways of, uh, of 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 taking advantage of the ecosystem we're building. Yeah, and and you don't have to give like those details. Obviously, I mean like uh, people are dying to get <laughs> these types of specifics, but Obviously, the stuff is still evolving. There are a lot of moving parts. Uh, I think even the teaser, I think, is enough. Um, I mean, and even like these are yeah, more specific the elements. The idea is than... that um, we want the best um, um, for our community. Uh, we're very, mm -hmm. very ambitious with the project. Uh, we've been here for a long time. Um, we've we've brought in the right partners, and we're bringing even new partners that are that are that are oh. even more excited. Um, even even more exciting to announce, um, but yeah, I mean we're 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 trying to build be, before we before we 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 share the 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 news. Um, so yeah, let us let us build and 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 just uh, stay stay put. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Yeah. So uh, we have a live chat going. So if people want to. Ask things. Like okay, we, got a, we got someone asking. Uh, no announcement in the Discord uh, about the about what uh, ADM was it the? I forgot to share it the, in the Discord. I'm sorry, oh, but there will be you, we will be able to 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 watch it again, right? 
Uh, yeah, of course. And we're gonna so oh, and by Let's the way, everybody, going. now we are video as well as audio. So the first five episodes of this from two years ago, oh. that was all. That was Kevin, all audio. I want to I want to invite you in 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 one of my podcasts in in one of the community effects. Podcasts. Oh, I'd love to. I would all absolutely. Right, let's let's plan that out. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Bilal. Uh, please come back. Uh, you you've made the resurrection of this uh, uh, podcast worth it. Uh, it's going to be so many more things to come, everyone. And uh, please participate in the Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. And we'll make sure that uh, the visuals and all that uh, become uh, worth viewing as well. So yeah, and I just just like that to, to tease even more. I'm I'm very humbly uh, kind of um, connected to I'm well very humbly what I say. I'm I'm kind of highly connected to the digital system, and and there are a lot of uh, amazing people that are preparing amazing projects, and and I just can't wait to to see them launch. And and I think. Um, um, I, I won't say 2022 will be Tezos year um, because that's 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 bullshit. But um, hopefully, the, we will gain even more um, activity um, and, and variety of use cases um, and big actors coming in and bringing some liquidity to to foster the DeFi ecosystem. So yes, yeah, stay put. Um, the, the 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 war of blockchain is not over. It's just beginning. We're all basically at zero at this point. It's anybody's game. Yeah. So I think uh, when it comes to fundamentals, uh, community, talent, projects, uh, and just, I think, uh, governing dynamics, whatever you want to call it, uh, Tezos has it. Tezos has the Mo. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have Thanks, Kevin, for the invitation. It was, uh, was great uh, having this time with you. Thank bye you. bye to everyone. Likewise. Bye bye.